Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily, and my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Welcome back. It's mid-November, and it's time for another dog story. Our guest is Joe, and he has a great story to share with you. It's an inspirational story, really, because his dog made such a difference in his life that he wrote a book. It's called Frankie, the Biggest Dog That Ever Was. I really think you'll enjoy it, so stay tuned to learn how you can get into the drawing and win a copy for yourself or to give to somebody that you love. Listen after his interview for tips on how to train your dog to not jump on your visitors. I break it down into simple steps to help you, and it will make all the difference. Enjoy! It's just fun to talk to you today, Joe. And I just want to hear about your dog. Frankie is a big deal. He's a big dog, right? And I want to hear I want to hear about how he came into your life. You do talk about it in your story, but tell the listeners a little bit about how he came into your life. Absolutely. Frankie, he, he was the biggest dog. And I knew about Frankie for a while. And I tried to write the book as accurately as I could to him. Um for instance, I knew he was a puppy milk puppy, and I knew he was probably the runt of the litter because as Jack Russells go, he was a little smallish of build. But the way he was built, he was built like a small, you know, Schwarzenegger. Like he had this, he had this, you know, saunter about him when he walked. I mean, my wife and I always got a big kick out of how he looked when he was just walking. Or I mean, when he would go out, you know how dogs seem to think that you're there to serve them in any way possible? Like, does your dog ever, like, you know, just when you want him to go out, he'll stand in the door on a cold day. It's like, come on, go out, go out. So you can close the door and get, you know, and let him do his thing. But no, they want to stand right in the door. That's where they want to do their stretching out and stuff. But um, so, yeah, (laughs) how did he come into my life? He, this is amazing, I think. Um, And it's noteworthy. Um, I'm Joe. I'm married to a wife named Michelle, a woman named Michelle. We live on a road named Dogwood. We had friends in Pennsylvania who were named Joe and Michelle. They lived on a street named Dogwood. They lived on Dogwood Avenue. We live on Dogwood Road. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he was actually the one who um, who had a heart attack, you know, that I speak about in the bonus chapter. But they, he, Frankie came to us from our best friends. They had this real big house with lots of dogs. And he did used to get into fights with Paco. And, you know, when, you know, they're our best friends. And, but they had gotten him for Joey's mother, who would have been, you know, grandmotherish at that point. And, you know, so that's where that chapter came from. So the only thing I really made up was the, the part in the, in, the, in the pet store. But I could see him doing that. Right. You know, because, you know, he's like, what's wrong? Everything's fine. You know, I mean, he was just such a chilled out dog, never scared of anything, a Uh, show off of a dog, if anything. He was cute. He knew it. A lot of dogs, I'm sure your audience has dogs that are cute. They know it. They've got you wrapped around their little paw, and that's just how it is. Right. Very true. uh, That's they're good at that. They can read us very well. (laughs) Yeah. But Frankie, the 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 quickie on him was that Frankie was a Jack Russell Terrier. Like I said, he was probably the runt of the litter. He was named after Frank Sinatra. He lived to be 20 years, four months old. According to the SPCA of Maryland, he was the oldest dog that they knew of in the state at the time of his passing. He was the oldest dog at the walk for the animals, three years running. Wow. You know, at 18, 19, and 20. So wow. That was nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah. We always, you know, we've always been very active in trying to support 
especially, you know, dog rescues and, and other animal charities. In fact, that's really the only ones we give to. Right. Um, everybody else, they're on their own. You can make money. That's one of the great things about being a dog. Nobody ever asks you for money. Right. You don't carry any money on you. You don't have to pay for anything. I see dogs coming into the store where I work, you know, and, the, you know, it's like, that's great. You know, the, this guy's going to pay for everything. And, you know, some of the stuff is mine. This is awesome. Well, yeah. And you know what? I always say, I wish I could be my dog trade lives because he gets to be nap, you know, nap. He gets to be cute. He gets mm-hmm. treats and food and walks and the ball. And yeah, I want to be that. And if there's another thing, you know, another lifetime kind of a thing. And you know what? It would be so wonderful if every dog had a wonderful home. Right. Uh, And, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you always have to recognize the ones that don't and in the shelters and, you know, try, and that's, I'll tell you what, it's been a hell of a year. And my mom used to say, there's nothing so bad that some good can't come of it. And at Mm -hmm. least in the year 2020 with all the COVID and confinement and craziness, animal, um, adoptions are up across the country. Yes. Yeah. And and, and that's a great thing. So I I wouldn't call that a silver lining, but I mean, it's something that we can grasp onto when we need a little bit of positiveness in our, in our lives. It kind of is though, because yeah, a bunch, a couple, at least a couple guests already that I've had on, they did that. They adopted dogs during COVID and they were, and they were first time dog owners. They didn't have dogs as children. I heard that on your other episode. Yeah. 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 Very fun. That's yeah. amazing to me. And I was thrilled to hear that. And good for them for taking on a dog it during takes a some guts. Yeah. Dogs know, are work. It, but, but, <laughs> but the thing of it is, you know, when you get a dog, it's like anything else in life. You got to put something in before you can take something out. Right. But a, a dog is one of the rare things in life where you'll probably get more than you gave. Yeah. You very know, as true. Far as, as far as love. You know, over the top, true. And how old was he when he came into your life? Because he had you in the story. You talk about uh, like at least two previous owners before you yeah. got him. So yeah, I believe he was probably four. Okay, four or five. Wow. So you had him the bulk of his life. You had him yeah. most of yeah. All right, yeah. sixteen years. So yeah. that's. And were you already crazy about him from visiting with your friends, or did you just kind of think you know he's a nice dog? No, I mean. He was a nice dog, but I, I, I never really followed him or paid any, I, I didn't notice him that much when I was at my friend's house when, cause they would have parties. And when they had parties, they would, they had a lot of animals and they pretty much tried to keep the animals all confined in what they needed to do. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, we were very close to uh, Joe and Michelle. So, you know, we would sleep over and, and spend, you know, extra time and got to know the animals little by little here and there. But um, it really, like I was hesitant because, you know, people are like, Jack Russell's are nuts. I mean, you know, they're, they're high energy. They're really hyper. You're going to have a dog that's barking, you know, 23 hours out of it, 20, every 24, you know, and Frankie was just, he was so cool. He was so awesome. He was so well behaved. That said, he also was very, very stubborn. And, and that's kind of, I think why he was more like a son to me because, you know, fathers and sons, you know, <laughs> there's a little bit of this and that every now and then, right? You right. Know, not literally, hopefully, but right. you know, there's, there's some headbutting as, as they grow older. Absolutely. And, and Frankie and I had that too. I mean, Kate, there's a lot of stuff that didn't make the book where, you know, Frankie's not going to look like this angel of a dog anymore. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, he, he would like, my wife would typically go to bed before I would. Frankie would hop up in my place in bed next to her. And I'd have to pick Frankie up and take him to his bed. 
And for a while, I would do that, and it was, everything was cool. At some point, Frankie didn't want to get moved off of my bed. He wanted, and he'd give me hell about you know having to pick him up <laughs> off of my part of the bed. And he's like, rah, 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 rah. I'm Frankie, <laughs> you stop that, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, some funny stuff. But honestly, um, a lot of the stuff in the book is absolutely dead on true. Frankie gave me a lot of material for that book. Like um, the dealing with bullies chapter, you know, where he's got the big backyard. That's as true as I could possibly have made it. Cause we have big Oak trees that tower over the yard. So, you know, even on a sunny day, you're going to have parts that are shady and parts that are sunny. And Frankie was always like, where's the warmest spot. That's where I want to lay down and have my nap. And then one day these two dogs move in next door and that's all they would do is bark at him. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't bark back. He's like, look at them. Like, is that all you got? Really? Right. <laughs> you shut up now. I'm trying to take a nap. So that never worked. Right. So he would run up and down the fence and get them to bang into each other and bark at each other and snap at each other. And he would literally just sit on the other side of the fence and wag his tail. <laughs> and he thought it was funny. And the other dogs never figured out this, this little this little runt is making a fool out of us. You right. Know? Right. And that's so great because when dogs are so smart, it's like they, it's like they're a whole different level, you know? Yeah. Right. They feel like they're a whole different level in intelligence and wisdom. And they just know not to go into that game that the yeah. other dogs are playing just like humans. If we, if we rise above it, we can really make a difference and we can yeah. also keep ourselves sane and, and outsmart those people that are driving us a little crazy. You know, it's absolutely funny. In talking to you just now, I figured out where I came up with the idea for the pet store story where he befriends this little girl dog that's scared. I, I just figured it out. And again, it, it's not in the book, but we got Frankie a girlfriend. Okay. Uh -huh. When he was 16, we got her, we got him a girlfriend half his age, you know, for, so that he would live longer. I think I think what I really want to delve into, because this is my my jam, I always say, which is an outdated word, but I don't care. I'm at the age where I don't care if I have outdated words. The part that you, where you go into um, Frankie having a dream where he meets up with your dear friend, you know, his former owner. And yeah. that is really powerful because I love that kind of stuff. I really believe that, you know, of course, there's a spirit world. I believe in the power of dogs to somehow they understand us much better than we understand ourselves. They can see through the, like we talked about the crap, they can cut through that. And then also, I just feel like they can connect with us. Like, I believe I had a soul dog, my other dog. We were just talking about this before. And yeah. I believe my, you know, she was my soul dog. So tell me about that chapter. Again, the book is very personal to me. And I, and I did write it as accurately as I could. And there are certain parts in that book that just strike me to the core. And that's one of them. Um like I said, Frankie lived to be 20 years, four months old. And we had him for, I believe, around 16 years, give or take. Yeah. And Frankie was not your typical crazy Jack Russell. We never came home to a tipped over garbage can. We never came home to a, a chewed up shoe. What Frankie could do really well, and I envy this in him, he could sleep. He could. <laughs> he was a champion, Olympic, gold medalist, sleeping, napping dog. Right. That dog could... He, Fireworks did not bother him. Lightning wow. thunderstorms, forget about it. He would just, 
uh, wake me up when it's feeding time. I'll, I'll wake you up if I have to go outside. You know, that was Frankie. You know? That's unusual that nothing, because their ears he are so sensitive. Wow. He would sleep. We, he had a bed that was six times his size in the corner of our bedroom. And he never woke us up in 14 years, Emily. Wow. Not in 14, or 16 years. He woke us up with the nightmare one time. Yeah. And it's exactly how I described it. It's like, you know, I can hear him over there in the corner and uh, get a little light. What the hell's going on? What's wrong with Frankie? Is he sick? You know, that's mm-hmm. your first reaction. Maybe mm-hmm. do I have to take him outside? No, no. And his little legs are going and he's huffing and woofing. And, you know, I, I didn't want to wake him up wherever he was. I wanted to just, you know, and after a little while, I just started gently, you know, his head and um, he wakes up. He's somewhere else. And go back to bed. It's two o'clock in the morning. I don't know what time it was, but it was middle of the night. Right. And uh, it was a Saturday night because the following day was Sunday. And we got a call from cousin Bobby. Uh, he never calls us. Something's up. Uh, and and we found out that uh, our, our best friend who had given Frankie to us died of a heart attack that night. Hmm. And that was a little much to digest, let's say, for lack of a better word. And I started researching a little bit and I found that it's a pretty old, albeit seldom known notion that it goes back to the Samaritans. I'm sure of that, and I know there's a couple of North American tribes that believe that when a man dies, or for a woman for that matter, I'm sure, their soul is supposed to seek out the dog in this world and have the dog guide it, guide them through the next world or the, the gates from this world to the next world. Really? The dog has better intuition. The dog knows danger that you might not recognize. That's why they've been our best friends, like your podcast. You know, dogs are your best. There's a reason why they've been around that long. So there, yeah. there are eyes and ears. There, right. there, we get something from them. And in this case, we get a glimpse into the, for again, back lack of a better word, the paranormal, right. the, the, the connection of this world to the next world dogs. I, I don't know about cats as much. I don't know that much about cats. I've been around dogs my whole life, but dogs, they, well, a couple of things. I mean, you know, somebody once said the, the most cruel thing God ever did to human beings was to give them the perfect companion and not allow that dog to live as long as we do. Right. And then there was another great quote from a little girl, not much older than Jordan. And I forget the actual quote, but her reasoning was people spend their whole lives learning how to love dogs come into this world already knowing they don't have to live. As long yeah. So do true. What they need to do. Yeah. You know, but they, they, they give us glimpses into the other world and, you know, again, back to the the bonus chapter uh there's an episode of the twilight zone called the hunt and there's you know i I won't go through the whole thing but the paraphrase that i did at the end of that 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 line i love it you know you see a man well he'll walk right into hell with both eyes open but not even the devil can fool a dog and i just thought i always love that yeah you know and then you know old rod serling comes in Travelers to unknown regions would be well advised to bring along the phantom dog. 
he might just save you from entering the wrong gate. And I just thought, yes, that's what dogs can sometimes do. They say that dogs are, you know, children and dogs are good judges of character. Oftentimes they can see things. They notice things that we don't. Right. You know, I mean, my, our dog knew that we were pregnant with our child before we knew. Right. You know, so what yeah. the hell's wrong with the dog? Well, maybe it's sick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, you, know, you, you think that they're needy right. and there's something going on, you know, and, she, and, and, but the thing of it was, he wasn't needy with me, only my wife at the time. Right. Yeah. Really, you know, we learned a lot from Frankie. We really did. And ultimately, I was always a little envious of him because, again, he never was scared of anything a moment in his life. It just never occurred to him. Hmm. Oh, man, you know, because I'm scared of a lot of things. Yes, most you're humans are. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a parent. There's a lot of things to be scared of, even before right. that. You know, we live in a scary world. And, right. And you never experienced any of that. And I thought well, that would make a great role model for a child right there. Yeah. Because you know, children can see themselves with this little dog. And let's teach them along the way a little bit how the dog taught my wife and I different things. So, you know, there's there's lessons that are woven into the story how to make a friend or how to love or how to be brave, how to deal with bullies, you know, stuff that every kid is going to have to go through, how to deal with change. Change is, is hard and it's hard for adults. And I think it's hard for children too. It's a, you know, it's a cause of stress. And uh, you know, we, we learned so much from Frankie that I just thought it would make a great book. Last week I shared about how to get the best dog pictures by teaching your dog the look at me command and today, I thought I would add on another helpful thing for the upcoming holidays or gatherings, we hope, right, with COVID. I'm thinking positive, so I thought I would share this with you. If you are having guests over, you really want them to not get jumped on. Because let's face it, dogs do that. That's just part of their species. But we can modify that. So here's the thing. I would highly recommend that you start right now working on having your dog learn to sit for attention instead of jumping at people for attention. To help with this, start by telling your dog to sit and praising them and petting them for doing so. And of course, have a treat, right? Have a high value treat, meaning one that they're willing to work for and to do something different or do something they don't really want to do, right? Because they want to jump on you and get to your face and kiss you and whatever. So next is to practice this behavior every single time you come in the house or your family member, everyone in the family should be working on this, to be honest with you. And you can even just go out the door and then come back in because you know they're going to do it. And if you have them sit, you know, sit there nicely, they deserve a treat. Here's the thing. If they come in and they're so excited and they're just not listening to you saying sit, even with a treat in your hand, you literally need to turn your back to them because they have to be ignored. If they're not getting what they want, they will modify their behavior much more willingly. So if you come in and they're all over you, turn your back, ignore them, act like they're not there. They hate that, right? They don't like that at all. And if you do that, then you could say sit, they get their treat, you praise them and say, good boy, good girl, like really happy voice. And lastly, before your guests come in, set everything up for success, right? Ask your guests to help you train your dog by explaining that you want them to be welcomed by an extremely well-behaved dog instead of jumped on by an overly happy dog. 
Text them or tell them the very next time that you talk to them that you need their help in the following ways. There's two things that they need to do. They need to ignore your dog if they are trying to jump on them when they come in. Again, turn their back on them. So when your guest turns their back on the dog and ignores them, the dog's going to kind of look at you or try to get their attention. That's when you can get their attention and say, oh, look, I have a treat. Sit and stay, you know, and then they'll do it much more likely. The second thing that they need to do is get a treat from you and ask your dog to sit. Reward the dog with a treat and a happy voice of good dog, just like you have to do. So the dog is seeing you say it, your family say it, your friends are saying it, everybody's saying it. So the dog's like, all right, I guess I need to do this, right? And then here's the thing. Ask them to call or text you when they arrive so that you can be ready to put these plans to work. You want to be successful, and you want your dog to be, and your guests, of course, too. You want your guests to feel welcome. So if your guests will do this, you'll be on the way to having a dog that understands that manners get all the attention, and jumping doesn't get anything good. To enter into the drawing to win a copy of Frankie, the biggest dog that ever was, tag me and tag a friend of yours that loves dogs or would love to hear dog stories, something like that, just a dog lover. And there you go. You are entered into the drawing. My Instagram account is dogs are the best friends com, C-O-M, at the end. So be sure to use that account. And there you go. By the way, this dog is very inspirational because he has such a can-do attitude. And the stories, there's a couple chapters in there, little short chapters, and they share so many things that he had to overcome. And I really think it will help any child, any adult, anyone because of the pictures, the illustrations, and the words. You definitely want in on this, folks. I truly wish you a blessed day. Now go make that dog sit. (laughs) I'll see you next week. 